The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. WTBQ. Good morning, everybody, and uh, this is Stephen Keter with the Free Speech Show, and as always, we have Jay Westerold here with us, and a couple of very interesting guests. So one of them you might be familiar with, Carmela Barazas. Good morning, Stephen. Good and morning, guys. Uh, Kevin, I'll let uh, Carmela introduce Kevin. You might know Carmela from uh, Warwick Relief Market, and uh, you were girls nominated as a nominee to uh, Citizens of the Year Award. I believe you came up runner-ups and uh, received uh, the award for community service. I see that you share with Nicole McCormick. Yes. All right. So, All right. Uh, so I have uh, Kevin to. Right? Did I say your last name right? <laughs> um, he is a team leader for uh, Keller Williams in Chester, uh, New York. And uh, he's also the CEO of uh, Warwick and Chester offices for Keller Williams. Um, hi, Kevin. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having <laughs> me. So, folks, we uh, I know that uh, Carmela is uh, obviously... Uh, a listing agent on the property that uh, I own, and uh, there's a couple of uh, commercial properties that she's currently list- listing as well. And uh, what's uh, how's things are on the real estate market? Anything new? Used to be location, location, location. Uh, how's it? Is it hot? Is it cold? What's happening right now? And uh, any trends do you, do you see coming up uh, in the future? Yeah, no, the the market's still very very hot. You know, we typically slow down this time of year, but. You know, the excess coming out of New York City is still there. Um, it's a very, very unique market right now. You always hear there's seller markets and you hear there's buyer markets. We have both going on right now. We have people coming out of the city uh, in droves. You know, we're getting 10, 15 offers on houses. So sellers are getting what they want and more. Um, but the unique thing about it is with the interest rates as low as they are, below 3%, it's, it's essentially a buyer's market as well. Um, so it's creating a really, really... Uh, Unique opportunity. Interesting. For- well, we all know that people are coming, moving into the area from uh, New York City. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, uh, Jay mentioned uh, through our previous programs that people are actually, and that is, I see that happening as well. People are leaving Warwick in record numbers as well. Where do they go? Where do they move out? Well, that that's kind of the unique situation where you know a lot of people are moving south with the ability. A lot of companies that are are not going back to the offices. You know, I know I have several friends and family who have already been told they're not going back to work till June. They can work anywhere they want in the country. You know, they can work remotely. You know, we're seeing a lot of people going to where they really dreamed of going, and they're going earlier. You know, the 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 inventory is low on the selling side because we do have a lot of people that don't know where they want to go. So they, you know, they want to move, but they don't know where they want to go. So it's causing some inventory issues in in the area as well. But. Um, it's really unique. I mean, it's just with the ability, I, I, I think there's been a whole paradigm shift in the way people are going to operate um, over time. I think you're going to see a lot less people in the offices and the buildings, you know, aside from manufacturing, obviously, but office buildings, you know, a lot of companies have worked from home for going on six, seven months now and have lost zero productivity. So they're reevaluating how they're doing business and it's going to create a lot more virtual world for, for a lot of office workers. Interesting. So uh, now with the, I know that uh, that residential market people essentially trying to move to more open kind of uh, space and uh, where they not luck uh, in, a, in a small apartment building during lockdowns, uh, which became mandatory uh, mm-hmm. in, in New York City. Now with the commercial real estate, uh, do we see any, because I know that a lot of uh, businesses are struggling, uh, restaurants once again being put on a more restrictive schedule. And uh, at the same time, a lot of people that, uh, you know, some businesses closing doors and some businesses, uh, believe it or not, we have the record uh, filing for the new businesses for incorporation. So we, we kind of, uh, it, that creates opportunities for new people to come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the retail and the, the restaurant section, you know, they're hurting. They're hurting. You know, thankfully, people like Carmela are coming up with unique ideas, you know, through the Warwick Relief Market, I think you're up to almost $700,000 you've Yeah, created. between, um, it was initially the Monroe Market, Monroe and Woodbury, and now we turn it into Hudson Valley Relief Market, and it's growing and growing every day. Between that market and uh, Warwick uh, Relief Market, we have raised over $700,000 for all the businesses in uh, the area, which is amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Know, but, 
everybody just jump in the whole entire community of you know every town right. just like so I'm assuming new businesses coming into the area as well, uh, yes. looking for opportunities, looking for yeah. properties, uh, land. Yeah, Monroe is growing like crazy. South Cancarello is doing such a great job. They're welcoming businesses. They're helping them thrive. Um, Monroe, it's growing. I, so joke, we'll, I joke around with them because I say to them, Monroe is a new Warwick, you know. Um, so yeah, there's areas. Uh, there's probably other areas that you know better. Um, yeah, what, what, what we're running short on actually is warehouse space. You know, warehouse space is in very high demand. You look what's happening up in Montgomery with these. You know, Amazon's going up there. You got Medline. You got these large, large companies that are coming up there, and warehouse space around Orange County is becoming very high in demand, and there's a real shortage of it. Is there is there a formula that uh, to to successful listing or that uh, can capitalize a property or bring it to a next? Level, so to speak, used to be location. Uh, is it uh, now proximity to the highways, ex- uh, roads, uh, walking distances? I think that we're in such a unique time in history that everybody's just confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's proximity, definitely. You know, you're talking about warehousing space. You're looking at, you know, 17 corridor, 84, the throughway. Um, but I think one of the things that, you know, Carmel and I were talking yesterday and uh, with Chris Chabelli, who's the broker owner of our office, and it, we got to start looking at repurposing a lot of things. You know, you see a lot of unique ideas happening around the country where you shopping malls, for example, you know, people are turning shopping malls into senior housing because malls are empty. If you've as long them. as the usage allows it. Correct. <laughs> and, and that's, I think, is the key to, to see what, what's allowed, what, what's the, the allowed use and what can be done. Yeah, well, I mean, repurposing, everybody's got to think at a different level now, including zoning boards and local municipalities. And, you know, bring the business, bring the people, bring the tax dollars. And, and that that's essentially what, uh, you know, we had the argument, uh, Carmela appeared on our last show, and we talked about usage for the Pulpit Rock property, for the property on the con- uh, corner of County Route 1 and West Street, West Street Extension, and how unique, in a sense, that property is because it allows so many uses. And at the same time, it's within the reach of the village. It's a gateway, so to speak. It's walking distance. You can walk it to downtown. Um, you want to pick it up? And I know you yeah, did no, quite a homework you know, uh, on the subject. You, I did a lot of homework on the subject. And especially I did a lot of homework uh, regarding the price of the listing, which everybody, you know, a lot of people find ridiculous. But um, the property next to it was sold 11 years ago for $1.9 million dollars. Yeah, and it's uh, comparable, uh, sort of, uh, even in size, it's it's uh, larger, but at the same time... But it doesn't have the uses of this property, which is the key uh, value. It doesn't, well, yeah, I agree, because one of the uses that, uh, you know, we have people inquiring about is the senior housing, and senior housing can, uh, which is allowed in a village, and the property situated uh, so anyone can pursue potentially the... You know, bringing it into the village and uh, picking up those uh, usage that's currently only limited to the village properties. Yeah, that's uh, the uniqueness of that property. You can put 400 units for seniors pretty easily. Wow. So, uh, any so far interest? Uh, we get uh, people, I, I don't, I know we don't want to disclose anything on the air, so to speak. But uh, I know there's a lot of interest, even people who are working still in the field, who are people who are doing the well, research I, I just and have, study uh, part of common. it. One of them, um, I had clients, you know, people reach out to me on, online, they call my phone, they send me an email, they request to see the property, they had to go through the proper process to see the property. And uh, I have to say, I had a group of people coming in um, last week and... They were appalled by the way that Warwick was reacting to them. People were stopping, filming them, taking pictures, um, trying to like get into the property to get a better look of them. They got a recording of you and I showing the property. Um, you know, it's just, um, it, it was amazing. It was pretty uncomfortable for everyone involved to be showing the property and people reacting that way. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to bring it up. Um, we do have a couple offers. I don't know if I'm able to disclose that. Not until they uh, accept it. I okay. wouldn't. Uh, it's really not, uh, you know, uh, free for all. Let's, uh, let's just take a vote on it. Uh, we we considering offers that come in. We're considering people who are making those offers. Uh, I obviously, uh, the uh, 
one of the uh, purposes we kind of, uh, you know, just like I stated before, we continue with the plan, with working with the planning board, we're developing the secret and uh, finalizing the studies. So with that said, uh, I would like to see essentially a project to go through, but with the fair amount of opposition and people pushing it for, you know, listing and sale, uh, well, I just got a sign that we're going to take a small break for advertising. We're going to come back right to it. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, it's Paul Skevich, Barry Cheney, and John Vero. Orange County legislators on the Thursday morning roundtable, 9 to 10 a.m. Answering all of your questions and concerns on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. Hi, this is David Dirks, the host of the Dirks Outdoor Show. Call in as we discuss everything for the outdoor sportsman every Saturday at 7 a.m., radio worth listening to. WTBQ. All right, then we're back uh, in the studio again uh, with uh, Kevin Carmela, Jay, and uh, your host Stephen Keeter. We're discussing uh, the real estate uh, uh, current situation and trends, and with the property that sort of talk of the town is uh, listing of Palpitrock. Uh, I know there was a lot of uh, sort of like conversation spilled out on the social media where everybody has an opinion and everybody was discussing whether the price is fair, whether the use should be allowed, whether the project is going to benefit the town or what would be a better use for that land. So everybody jumped in on on the wagon and there was a lot of speculation, a lot of things, and I would like to hear from professionals who did comps and in preparation for the listings. Um, I myself, I can uh, say that uh, even, you know, like some of the, uh, from the very vocal opponents on, uh, I can say it, uh, I think Mr. Penning was uh, pretty upset about the listing and uh, he still has the sign that says uh, uh, public domain uh, pulpit rock, something like that. I don't know what what he, he he feels like he has been, essentially he he didn't get the money that he wanted but then he said that you know he did sell it for the fraction of the listing price right now yet he did fail to mention that the very same fund that uh, sold the property to me they also sold the next adjoining piece of property for 1.9 million dollars almost 1.9 i believe the exact number would be 1.8564 and change yeah, run that up to 9 yeah and uh, with that said uh, obviously, uh, there was another uh, also comment on social media from uh, from the same family that said, well, he did pay that much money, meaning me, uh, or that little money in that sense, and I know I sold it to him, and we tried numerous times, we offered uh, for everybody else to buy, and uh, nobody, and everyone refused. So with that said, uh, I would, uh, I can comfortably say that I was the highest bidder. Uh, it did take, uh, you know, the transaction did take place and right now we at the point where we've done so much more to the property we in terms of research in terms of uh, you know uh, knowing what we're standing on archaeology environmental uh, down to traffic studies noise pollution all on all of those things came into consideration so we right now we Looking sort of like uh, creatively at the uses, uh, I think the among everything has been listed and considered. We picked up one that is uh, going to complement the area the most, going to bring benefits to town. And uh, because we correct me if I'm wrong, Carmela, what are the uses that uh, that property can go for? Yes, 
plenty. <coughs> There's like 46 pages of uses that I had to go through. In fact, yes, the use for hotel, motel, and I believe resorts, which uh, hotel, uh, you know, uh, falls under. I think it's allowed use number either 41 or 47. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you can put a, put a club in there, fraternal um, lodge, which will be great because everybody knows how uh, passionate I am with uh, the veterans in town. So if anybody wants to buy it, donate it to the VSW and uh, for them to build something there, that will be amazing. Um, it's um, one of the uses is a nursing school, uh, nursery school. Um, there's an adult daycare. Um, use in the property as well, which, you know, I think that it will be great in Warwick. Perfect location. The seniors can um, walk downtown. Um, they can go pick up their grandkids to school because it's uh, midway, uh, halfway uh, to uh, the middle school. Um, I don't know, JJ, do you want to talk about the agricultural uh, uses or any? There's so many things that can be done with that property. It's just great. Um, I um, just wanted to ask even, um, when you bought the property, you did your research, right? You did your homework, you look at a piece of property, you looked at the potential uses and... and yeah, well, we didn't uh, quite, uh, from the very beginning, it wasn't that we were searching for the hotel site. Mm -hmm. uh, I just knew that property was available. Mm -hmm. uh, being a developer and a home builder, uh, you know, I was working on the... Uh, development in uh, Cold Warwick region Sugarloaf uh, yeah. and uh, it's actually Chester it belongs to uh, you know building homes and creating uh, communities that that's what I do and uh, that uh, piece of land there's very few available uh, within the it's village or, or town so we did consider a couple of properties we did look at a couple of properties this is not the only property that uh, I own uh, in town of Warwick or village and with that in mind, uh, that created an opportunity. We didn't quite narrow it down or finalized uh, on, on the use only after. And it was subject to satisfactory archaeological because once again, we wanted to know what we're standing on. So we did due diligence in terms of uh, researching and uh, commissioning the number of studies uh, to see if there would be any known impediment to whatever development one uh, can bring. Its main, main use is a single... It's a low-density residential uh, zoning, so single-use home, uh, which will allow to put, uh, without going for any sort of uh, variances or per permits or otherwise, can put three homes there tomorrow. To me, it uh, the feature that everybody is so uh, you know concerned about. Uh, I want to stress the fact that uh, we we didn't have to uh, insist on on preserving it. It was never. Uh, contingency for the sale yet we willingly and we welcomed that addition to the deed when we said absolutely this is one of those uh, features that we would like to retain remain and make focal of uh, local history and local community so with with that in mind we, we uh, did all the homework in terms of uh, research and only when we found that there's really no uh, impediment to to moving forward there's no archaeological significance none historical was discovered and no environmental issues uh, we moved forward we closed on the property and start looking closer uh, one of the original uh, was the, right away you, you look at it you see how many acres you see what's what's the main use and he said okay so three homes could be more if you cluster maybe five or seven depending on how the engineers the, the, this is the people who will slice and dice and you know uh, making sure that they arrange homes on the property with the driveway with all that will correspond to all local municipal laws and uh, building codes and with that in mind, so we looked at that and then uh, we looked a little bit deeper and it takes sort of thinking outside the box and uh, to recognize, oh, wait a second, it has a, uh, more to it and has more allowable use. So until we finally stumbled on the allowed use number 41 and uh, that was the hotel. And I know Warwick does not have a hotels currently. There's a, you know, there's a Warwick motel, which, but once again, I'm uh, not uh, really taking that into consideration. Uh, but uh, doing some research, some preliminary historical research, we found the fact that in uh, turn of the century, of the last century, Warwick had uh, more than half a dozen hotels with a population of 3,000 people. Today, the population is tenfold, 
and we yet have none. At the same time, we have a growing population, uh, people that uh, come in into Warwick from, uh, you know, close by communities like New York City, different states, even different countries. And with every person, he brings, uh, you know, sort of like uh, his life, his ties, his roots, his parents, grandparents, friends who would come for a visit, who would come for graduation parties, for football games and school concerts. And with that in mind, uh, I, I was in the same uh, situation. I was in the same boat, and uh, I can tell you firsthand, there isn't, you know, proper accommodations. If you would like to receive a, a company of friends for your my birthday, or you know, just to bring the kids together, there isn't a place in Warwick that one could stay and uh, you know feel safe and comfortable. I know there's a number of uh, bed and breakfasts. Uh, whose owners, by the way, form a very solid core of our opposition for that very reason. Yeah, but they're booked, they're, they're booked ahead of time because uh, I tried to bring people over and I had a party of 20 and it was impossible to accommodate them Absolutely. near Warwick. They all had to go either to Middletown or, you know, like half an hour away. Yeah. Not only that, uh, I think uh, the... Uh, country weddings became very trendy lately and sort of like a chic and uh, Warwick hosting a fair number of them. Uh, and with that in mind, once again, I know people who canceled uh, or moved their weddings just because there's not adequate. I think that that's a right word to use, adequate accommodations uh, nowadays, you mm -hmm. know, in Warwick. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of, um, if, if you know Mark Palmieri, who owns the helm in Greenwood Lake, yeah, he's partners with Lisa Mulcahy, who uh, their family owns the Waterstone, and they run a company called uh, Upstate Outpost, and they manage Airbnbs throughout the area. Uh, speaking with her earlier this week, they're completely booked throughout the winter. People yeah. are, you know, as, as schools start to create their plans for reopening or lockdowns, um, there's nowhere to stay here right now. No, and, absolutely. And... No. and uh, not that, uh, once again, I believe into uh, having choices and people having options. And uh, me personally, uh, you know, uh, we have four kids. Uh, I would like, I feel very comfortable in uh, in a hotel environment. I feel safe. I We all have favorites. I, I like, uh, you know, Marriott's and, uh, you know, you belong, any one of us belong to a number of clubs, whether it's been Hilton Rewards or Marriott's or, or whatever else. And with that said, uh, I th you know what to expect and uh, you feel more comfortable than knowing that, uh, you know, uh, I still feel like I'm in somebody else's home. So with that said, I think given the choice, I'm sure. And, and once again, I know people are concerned and uh, uh, probably that's what motivates those B&B owners, uh, you know, start uh, slinging mud and, uh, you know, come up with all these ridiculous accusations that the hotel is going to be a uh, hub for... I don't know, like prostitution and dope peddling and, and uh, whatever else. There's such a nonsense kind of claims that coming out of these people that, uh, but we still have to address, we still have to answer. And uh, at the same time, I don't think, uh, it's just like the tide rises all the boats, you know. Uh, I think uh, that will actually complement and benefit because given a choice, okay, you, you if you like B&B, here's one for you. And if you like hotel, here's one for you as well. You know, I think it's uh, besides just uh, providing those overnight accommodations, it can be a hub for cultural exploration of uh, our community. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the because obviously it's a part of the policy of the large organization that has the resources to offer you uh, routes and advice and uh, recommendations for local dining, local wine trays, trails and uh, breweries and so forth and so on, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, you know, listen, I mean, things that are unknown and things that change scare people, right? They scare people. I mean, that's that's just human nature. And, and you know, I think back, there's a great place down in Greenwood Lake. It's called the Rock Underground. It's a music school. Mm -hmm. um, my oldest son actually worked they there. They were actually in the Warwick Relief Market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my oldest son worked there for years when they first opened. And, and Matt, who runs the place, is, is just an incredible guy. Mm -hmm. And when he was opening scared people they were saying oh my god a rock a rock school there's going to be drugs here there's going to be this now he's like a staple in the community and they love him it, it, yeah and you see uh, and i think we uh, we sitting even in this table and i know uh, jay is been part of this program from the very beginning we all, 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 all 
always bounce ideas off each other. Uh, both of us traveled extensively. Uh, I uh, see hotel uh, as uh, sort of like part of the experience. Uh, people do travel great distances just for that particular reason, and thus coming up underwater uh, ice hotels. I, I stayed in some of those. I stayed in the best, uh, I, I think, in Gita. Uh, Black Sand has been voted like 10 years in a row the best hotel in the world in uh, South Africa. And, uh, you know, I can firsthand tell you that this is part of the experience. And with the some of the initiatives that we're trying to introduce to, to, um, to make this hotel to stand out is something that hasn't been done before, something that hasn't been done prior. This is going to be superlative in so many levels. Uh, some of the features, some of the methods that, that those can be achieved, the uh, eco-friendly, eco-integration of the hotel, that... Uh, Frankly, I think that that will become put uh, Warwick once again on the map and become a destination and welcome people. And I think that's a perfect location because obviously you greet your guest by the front door and uh, what could be a better location than the, uh, how they call it, green, green belt to the village. Yeah, green belt, uh, Pathpoint, I don't know. <laughs> I got kicked out of the group. <laughs> so... Um, well, you know, that I just wanted to... Speaking about that group, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt for a second, but uh, I believe they are fully incorporated or chartered a non-profit at this point? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, interestingly, their, their address, their listed address for uh, process, etc., happens to be the site of a, a B&B here in Warwick. Oh, how, see, what a coincidence, right? <laughs> amazing. Just amazing. You know, the coincidence. What brings people together, right? Yeah. Very tight, uh, neat uh, group of people, obviously, uh, you know, keen and uh, on a very political agenda and interest. At the same time, they're claiming to be a, a preservation uh, society of sort. Do you know, Jay, you, you, if anybody knows anything about preservation, uh, th that would be you. I mean, somebody who fought uh, hotel industry altogether and hospitality industry and uh, make a name for himself and being a mark and target for of many campaigns where they try to diminish. And uh, well, I think this campaign, um, I've become a much bigger target of people who, you know, clearly their agendas just hate. They really, you know, you, you have this dynamic that you see in a lot of suburbia wherein People move to an area and they want overnight nativity. They want to feel like they've always belonged and they have very few choices. In the old days, they used to join the Rotary or the volunteer firefighters. Uh, these days, uh, you know, the trend is more towards as we become more politically polarized to joining activist groups. And sometimes these activist groups aren't actually activists at all. And that's the case here. I mean, these people have never tried to preserve anything. They've been in existence for two years and if, in fact, <clears throat> their motives really were to fight difficult uh, real estate projects, there are much greater, much more ecologically damaging projects right here in Warwick, numerous, in fact. And further, I think they would restrict their fight to that, whereas in a recent village political fight uh, campaign, uh, Stephen, you ran for trustee of the village, and these same people, down to the person, did nothing but slam your campaign for no reason. They never actually articulated anything that would be wrong with your campaign, whereas you articulated the need for real fiscal responsibility, which is grossly lacking under the beard uh, in the village. And, you know, they sort of treat it like a clubhouse on the, essentially on the taxpayer's nipple. And I think that that house of cards is going to fall apart uh, pretty soon, especially in this day and age. But anyway, each one of those same exact people went after your campaign and in, in such a sleazy way. You've been a gentleman throughout all this. Carmela has been an absolute lady with all of her things, not being swayed by the naysayers and the hate, but just continuing to help uh, the people here in the village, especially the businesses. Well, let me tell you this. If Please. I feel that I'm back in high school. <laughs> I never thought that at 40 years old I will be dealing with the drama, the negativity. So well And said. I keep telling everyone, just take that energy and, you know, try to do something good. Which is what you do. I think Thank it's you for that. Uh, this is something I would like to elaborate a little bit further, uh, you know, so. But uh, in the meantime, let's uh, go into the break and we'll be with you right after.
Sam's Meat has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Lisa Morrison, a psychic medium who reaches those who have crossed over from physical to spiritual, intuitively hears, feels, and sees information coming from the other side. Tune in every Thursday at 12 noon on radio worth listening to. You have a car problem? Maybe it's a mechanic problem. Maybe it's not. Sounds like a job for me, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. That's right, Sunday mornings at 8. Get up early, let's hang out, let's talk about cars, let's all get smarter, let's solve some car problems. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, here Sunday mornings at 8. WTBQ This afternoon will be partly sunny and mild for late November mid-50s. Tonight turning mostly cloudy down to 30. Sunday a cloudy, cooler day, a few flurries possible in the morning, Otherwise, some light rain or drizzle developing in the late afternoon around 40. Morning showers on Monday, then afternoon clearing, becoming breezy around 50. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. WTBQ. We are back in the studio and uh, we were interrupted by the uh, advertising post when Carmela, uh, welcome back to the high school. As you were saying. <laughs> so, how does it feel? Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, this. Uh, I think Jay pointed out very, very correctly that the community is sort of like <laughs> divided into this uh, activist groups, uh, not as much uh, preservationists. We actually pointed out that uh, that was uh, sort of quasi uh, self-proclaimed uh, and. You know, uh, nothing more than a Facebook page. Yeah, there, there's no activists there. I mean, there's you know, there's a couple of failed artists, people like that, um, who are just trying to push their own you know personal sexual agendas and things of that nature that really don't belong in an activist group. Well, at the same time, they did make you know like the the first uh, time I heard about Greenbelt Preservation Society and and the, their mission statement, nonetheless. I, I was very excited, and I s- said, "Well, where do I sign? How do I, uh, you know, yeah. jump on?" And uh, because that seems to be a very noble things to do, except these people never preserved anything other than. Uh, well, I think they have the chance now. Now that they're an incorporated organization, we've seen their mission statement. We've certainly seen their home address at a local B and B. So you know, now it's on them to find a way. It's on them to figure out a way. Uh, how to raise money. They can get matching grants. They'll have to figure out how. It's not my job to school them, but if they're going to keep their incorporation, which is a little tedious at this point, you know, they're in a uh, probationary period, whether or not they realize that uh, with the New York State uh, Department of State, they had really better start backing up what they say they're doing, especially with the land being for sale. Now is the time to find some of their well-heeled patrons and have those people buck up some money and get matching grants for that. Uh, we have you know, some local Hollywood actors here who tend to be political activists. Well, they have some money. Maybe they can dig into their pockets. We'll see. We'll see who actually stands very, by Very, very true. These people, and I mean Greenbelt Preservation Society, they, or their claim was always been, well, we never had a chance. We didn't know it was available. And sort of uh, now they've always been crying about being asleep at the wheel. And uh, now here's a chance not to sit on your hands, and, uh, step up to the plate, put your money where your mouth is, and essentially follow up your mission statement. Let, let me ask uh, the real estate people here in the group uh, for these 20 years that the site has been for sale, I think. But let's just say it was only 10 years, but we know it was more than that. Do you have any idea who the listing agent was or the listing house? Me either. So if we ever find out who actually was trying to sell that land for really 20 years, who evidently never got bites and the town turned it down as well, it would be interesting to note who that realtor or that uh, they may not be a guild member, uh, who that real estate salesperson or firm was, because I would avoid them like the plague. Well, sometimes it's not up, you know, up to the real estate agent. Well, twenty years on the market, I think. If you have you'd, uh, ten people making a decision, I think uh, to uh, it, it, it was available. I think everybody, uh, I believe, 
that uh, the uh, property owners were approaching uh, different parties, uh, and I think it was uh, right there, and uh, in, it's appeared in many uh, letters or correspondence uh, written by them, that they approached village, they approached town, they approached uh, firehouse for, for the location of the firehouse project, for yeah. the location of the proposed library. So, the, you know, the, the, certainly was uh, groundwork done on their part, and they so shows the intent to sell. For, for, oh, for sure. the past 20 years. And uh, obviously it didn't take much. I, I can tell you that our negotiations uh, went very smooth and, uh, you know. Uh, Let me ask you this. When um, you went through the process of, um, you know, purchasing that piece of land, did anybody talk to you about uses? Did they tell you anything that could be done? No, it's it's uh, really so not any, anybody's. Uh, on this well, I knew the zoning that it was in. I know that uh, you know the the uh, we didn't go into much much deeper. Right now, you cannot find a piece of land, a buildable lot in in Warwick or proximity to the village. Uh, you can just look at, at what's happening across the street, mm-hmm. in a Pelham Crossing or Eagles Watch. Yeah, but the zoning has not changed. This zoning had not changed. It's just demand has changed greatly. So so now that you are selling the property, you're selling the property with the real value of the property. Correct. Because you're doing the homework. You have to uh, understand that that uh, reflects everything that has been done to date. Uh, I'm a businessman. I'm, uh, you know, obviously uh, purchased that with an intent to work on it, to make money, uh, get some financial gain from it. And uh, to make money, it takes to spend money. And we, to date, we spent a tremendous amount of money and time. I worked out a very lucrative uh, project, uh, development that was uh, we were essentially selling uh, and constructing every four months. We're building a house. Every four weeks, we were selling uh, a house, you know. So w- w- with that said, uh, I wanted to do something closer to home, and I wanted to do something that would make a difference. I approached this uh, just like I approach everything in my life, which is willing to make a difference. And this project was supposed to set aside, so to speak, that, yeah, I build everything from casinos to churches and mainly communities and homes. Uh, at the same time, uh, I wanted to do something in a community where I live that would outlive even me and become some sort of legacy and uh, be something that will contribute uh, to community as well as my family. Mm-hmm. That uh, other parcel next door that went for 1.9 or 1.8. 11 years ago. Ele- and that was my question. So have you figured what the appreciation would be, if, like what that would be equivocal to right now? I know that was 20 plus acres as opposed to 9.9. Yeah. So even if we cut that in half and we say, uh, well, um, this property comes with uh, the environmental studies and all the studies up to date. Right. So that's but, half a million dollars right there. But I, I'm not price. talking about this property. Yeah. That other property, what would that amount be in today's dollars? Do we have any Probably idea? Probably double us. That's, I think you're right. Yes, I mean, least. the market, it's, it's uh, crazy nowadays. That is correct. I think the, the rate of depreciation historically for the last three is like 8.6%, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that I believe you're exactly <laughs> right. You know, and if you put that into consideration, that 1.9 becomes... Uh, uh, once again, just uh, throwing off my hip, let's say 2.8. So where we uh, where we stand right now, and we are adjusting to the village. Mm-hmm. So once again, the far uh, more valuable. Yeah. Sure. yeah, well, you have to add the market value at this point in history. So, and then again, as Carmela, you were starting easily. to say that um, the studies that Stephen's done, he does have uh, over a half million dollars into secret, yeah. which mm-hmm. is. You know, Stephen, one thing that hasn't been said enough on either side is that you've done far more than you had to with all of this. You've exceeded your seeker requirements for research. Very true. Very, very true. Very true. I mean, I've seen it. I've, you know, I've been on the other side in so many of these things, and I'm always stunned. Well, they let this guy skate, or man, they're really putting that guy through the ringer. I've never in my life seen somebody put through the ringer like this, especially for something that has absolutely no historical import and no major ecological import nothing protectable there it's and your project will only improve the ecology of the site by far because it it really warrants improvement and further it will increase public access to an appreciation of 
the rock. That's one wow. thing that I think uh, has been abused by the other side, by opposition, that they try to preserve it for the public access. Now, at the same time, the very same people, the very same people, and we have it recorded in this studio, they were throwing and say, well, build three homes, build five homes. And my question to those people, are, how does that help preserve this uh, property yeah, for do public? You, do you think those homeowners are all going to take out a... a a policy that protects them Absolutely from people not. going in there and you know breaking their leg. The other thing is that this concept that you're somehow defacing or, or even distracting from the rock is spurious at best. I mean, your units will not be built too close to it at all. This uh, lie that was broadcast in a recent letter to a Strauss newspaper that you're building a swimming pool at the base of the rock, all of the Flintstones, that's not happening. So, you know, that. I'm shocked that local media allows so many of these things to slide by, but we see it all the time, unfortunately, and there's no paper in our region that isn't guilty of taking a side and allowing those things to get by, and it's a shame to see it go that way with uh, the Warwick Advertiser, Strauss News Group. Uh, well, as they say, as we said it on the last program, the paper and pen do not blush, right? Yeah. Tolstoy, right? <laughs> or no, Dostoevsky. 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 So, with that said, uh, I really uh, also, you know, I want to put uh, like a really kind of like I think in this case, sort of like an accurate analogy that I see. And I see that uh, rock formation, it's, uh, I think it's a very cool, it's a, it's a great feature to have. I think it will complement. At the same time, look at this as, as a painting. And you, you could be, you know, uh, sitting on a masterpiece, but unless it's uh, framed properly, put on a wall and properly displayed, it's essentially forgotten. Uh, let's look back and see what that uh, pulpit rock was like before I purchased it. It was uh, crumbling, forgotten, sitting in a corner or hayfield, and hardly obscure, and uh, nobody knew about it. If nothing else, we made it famous, for one thing. And uh, what I would like to do, I would just like uh, I was talking about the paintings, I would like to put it on a display, I would like to put it in a frame, and give it the attention that it deserves. This is what I love, is that when these people who oppose you, they say, save pulpit rock. And I'm thinking, yeah, damn straight, support Stephen and his hotel project. Save pulpit rock, because it will indeed save it from becoming overrun with houses or a senior center. It will save it from being closed to the public. You've already started to save it from the um, uh, alien plant vines that were covering it, the bittersweet and things like that. I see somebody's, you know, cut those so that now we actually see the rock for once instead of a bunch of, uh, you know, big vine covered thing out in a field. And it, it already looks nicer. There's so much that's going to be quote unquote saved about it with your project. I just think it's funny to see these people say it saved Pulvert Rock. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I'm from, on board. From whom and how? Mr. Morley, uh, in his last article in an advertiser, I think that there was the header. For his opus. Save Pulpit save Rock. Save Pulpit Rock. I think I'm that the poor Russian guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Everything, yeah. Save, well, yeah, I think enough about that guy. God. So, no, and once again, we uh, I would like to ask them to uh, call and uh, maybe uh, give a chance uh, to voice their opinion, who to save from and who is he appealing to. We, I think we're doing a pretty good job. I know you're putting a lot of effort designing uh, the echo integration measures. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of a kind, once again. So uh, I would like to hear from those people. And yesterday, we, you know, I was taking measurements for the canoe launch. And I think even just the canoe launch is, is going, going to be uh, really exciting. And it's, you know, it's on a nice little elbow of yep. the way we onda. And it, I think we're going to do some really nice things. I was excited to see how simple it is. It, it's already like there's almost a canoe launch there. So we're going to do beautiful things for Warwick. You know, people are getting really uh, jacked about going out kayaking now. And here's going to be a beautiful spot for them to put in and come out. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I'm stunned that these people, these B&B owners and, um, you know, a couple of other select alcoholics just keep tearing apart your project, whereas this is gonna be the nicest thing from an ecological standpoint 
to help Warwick. But it's I think beautiful. Uh, but see, for them, uh, I, I think it's a little too big of an idea to apprehend. You have to understand how the preservation works. You have to understand the the, envi- the environment. And I think none of those people have qualifications, to be honest with you. They understand the environment of the inside of the Baird's Tavern. I know that for sure. So that, <laughs> but I think that's about the only environment any of them really understand, or their own B and Bs. So, well. Uh, I think uh, it, it makes a in, in very interesting conversation. I would like it to be two-way street, though. I would like to maybe one of them uh, have, uh, you know, guts to engage or at least voice their opinion, not uh, behind, uh, you know, closed uh, social uh, Facebook group or in a newspaper where nothing is fact-checked and, uh, you know, you can spill all kind of uh, nonsense out there, which... I think we addressed on the last program. I think if we serve gin and tonics, we'll get a few of them, a few <laughs> professors here. <laughs> All right. With that said, we will take a quick break, break and we'll come back right next after that. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Michael Newhart, Mayor of the Village of Warwick, inviting you to tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to Village Life and learn about the village happenings. Call and share your ideas, comments, and suggestions, and be part of the show with me and Mary Kalora. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love. Start your Sunday with me at 6 a.m. and Gospel Trends. I'll give you the phone number to the faith phone line and the address to the website. All that and much, much more right here on Gospel Tracks with yours truly, Wild Baby Love. WGHT Pompton Lakes, your community radio station since 1969. WTBQ. Welcome back once again, and uh, you listen to Free Speech Show with uh, Jay Westerwald and Stephen Kira. We have a couple of very interesting guests in the studio with us today. We have Carmela Barazas and Kevin Tui. I hope I pronounced the name correctly. So we uh, analyzing the real estate market and uh, the uh, you know obviously what's happening on it and maybe uh, you know there's some preservation effort from one end happening from or rather uh, no preservation effort from Greenbelt Preservation Society. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I you know I know that I've been doing a, a innumerable ecological surveys and I just started amping up the exfoliant surveys for when you know when we go out there and the trees are all barren and um you know there's still again despite my exhaustive efforts there's nothing significant to uh establish that you know uses that site there's an injured turkey vulture there a, you know that's about that, it yeah he's actually he sits right there in between the the stones uh, he's he, he has a broken wing i think from uh feeding on that black cat in front of the lambert uh, homestead <laughs> did you see that <laughs> serious though that's bad luck that's it is bad luck uh you know i think bad luck there's bad luck all the way around for that camp and i think um you know they're starting to realize that uh, maybe the black cats are closing in and their their faux cause has lost all momentum because they you know the last time they were vociferous at all they were just mudslinging and name calling and more just more just angry like they had you know look we're we're all kind of tired of the lockdowns and of you know the pandemic and the indecision with politics etc but a lot of us have other a lot of us have joys in life something that i like to call joys you know things we do hobbies maybe take a hike get some fresh air but there are some people who just want to sit at that keyboard and as carmela said make it like high school you know that's such a great analogy i'm I'm really glad you brought that up because well, it's bizarre. Well, speaking about school, I think uh, essentially what in the, in the last uh, two years, well, maybe a little less, that's all you've been doing, uh, taking those uh, guys through school. I remember myself, I pointed out differences when uh, uh, 
the administrator of the society, Tim Hall, the founder of that uh, movement, he was uh, certain for sure that uh, that uh, plot of land belongs to the village. And I think his original ideas was to put a village park in there. He didn't uh, specify how he's going to pay for it or, you know, uh, what kind of burden that becomes for the taxpayers. But he was certain that's that's let's take that. Let's make it a village park. That's one of the uses. That's one of the uses. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's still on the table. If uh, Mr. Hall is listening, maybe he would like to, uh, you know, do it. And then uh, once again, when they uh, pointed out that they didn't have uh, chartered or incorporated, I think you took them through school and you said that, hey, that should be done uh, legally. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that I'm running a campaign um, from now till the end of uh, February. Um, and um, the name of the campaign is uh, Real Estate for a Cause. Mm-hmm. So anybody that hires me to, you know, help them uh, sell their properties or purchase a, a new property, um, I'm going to donate 20% of my commission made in the transaction to the charity of their choice. Um, I'm going to make this retroactive, and uh, if anybody feels like strong enough about Pulpit Rock and starts collecting money, and you know, from this uh, group, um, they are a nonprofit, right? They're filing for nonprofit. Yes. Yeah, five um, I'm going to make this re- retroactive, and um, if they do come up with the money, 20% of my commission will be returned to them. Well, so, they can use, Preservation Society. Yes, so they can use that money to preserve something what else. A, what a nice gift. Well. Yeah, you know. it's a great idea. <clears throat> I think if they feel so strong about it, you know, it's plenty of them. I mean, Nicole and I raised so, so you who is not a part of that preservation society, you essentially a professional who makes money uh, doing what you do best. Uh, you do it for a living. You willing to essentially make a first donation to Greenville Preservation Society. Yet these people who. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, marching on the flags of preservation and everything. They haven't done anything yet, and I yet to see any. Um, yeah, no, I see that they're raising five hundred dollars here and there. I mean, twenty percent of my commission on that property. It's a lot of money. It's uh, some people's salaries for and the end of the year. Even to you, uh, so as well. even I mean, for me, you know, I took ahead with uh, helping all the businesses with market the market relief. Um, you know, I spend months and months helping others, and you know, I'm trying to focus on myself right now and make money for myself. And you know, I'm a single parent for my daughter. Um, but you know, if they feel so passionate about this, I with I have no doubt. 20% of my commission will go directly back to them so they can use those proceeds to roll into preserving something else after they preserve the rock. Now, here's once again, we see an example of somebody who is a doer, not sayer. Somebody who can, uh, who earned that uh, commission essentially doing homework and doing, you know, studying subject. And uh, once again, once it becomes more than just uh, an empty talk, just, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't see any actions from those people. No, and it's funny, Carmela here, well, it's not funny, haha. Here you're willing to take a tremendous cut in your commission, and you work for commission. It's not like you're just getting a weekly paycheck like some of these other chuckleheads who are opposing Stephen's project. And there are a lot of people, I remember when their sad little Facebook uh, identity was still open for the public to see, unlike the sort of ISIS-like secret society they've become, I know a lot of them took great pride in the fact that they were wealthy and had large homes and owned businesses. And I would think if these people, they purport to feel more strongly about this uh, cause, quote unquote, than you do, you're willing to take a tremendous cut of your own income. I should hope these people would do the same thing. And let's say some of these people, definitely not going to mention names just because I don't want to give legs to uh, Schmendricks, but some of these people who love to brag about making over a, a hundred G's a year, well, maybe they'll, if each of them kicks in 20 G's, you could get there pretty quickly, but not, it's not going to happen. They're, it's just talk. It's just well, talk. Well, uh, I think uh, they were probably displaying the, the, how thick are the piles, as they call it, on Pulpit Rock we're getting, and how many signatures did, did they get from uh, everybody on uh, world internet and if i think any one of those people who feel strongly about it will contribute money so here's the chance but see this is what they're doing they're always trying to figure out the way i mean i think uh, mr panning mike panning said well uh donate it uh, or, or he suggested that uh, town takes this as a uh, public domain 
Ah, he should have donated. He should have donated all that land years ago. Well, he should, family. but he, in his own words, he said, "Well, I didn't want to do it. I want you to do it." Meaning, uh, now that he sold it for a profit, he wants somebody else to to do it. It was never my intentions. This is not why I bought it. And with that said, they're trying to pick and find the way. I think the latest. Because, let's face it, they tried everything in the book. It was uh, environmental concern. It was endangered species, which we know there isn't any. It was historical significance, once again, in the word of our own municipal historian who never mentioned the rock. So there isn't any. No, there's none. There's then, none. And the people who say that there is are not from here. And then there was archaeological. Uh, and then there was uh, there was on and on and on. And I think the latest, I believe, is the uh, just like uh, the calling of Michael <coughs> Penning to eminent domain. I think now it's let's repatriate it back to Lenape tribes. Oh, <laughs> now, yeah, the, the Lenape tribes. You know, it's sad when you get these sort of white academic or pseudo-academic people who try to connect themselves to causes like this, causes that, uh, you know, have genuine roots. They try, just like we have greenwashing, you know, where people use fake environmentalism to push their own thing. What would you call this? I mean, I'm not going to say redwashing because that would play into them, but you have these people who, I see it time and again, they use Native American causes to their own benefit of faux preservation and things like that. And the Lenape, certainly the Turtle Clan, et cetera, in our region, they're not idiots. In fact, I've never met anyone who I'd consider, you know, less than way above average in uh, terms of ethics and intellect uh, in any tribe in the U.S. And they're, they're not the kind of guys who are going to be drawn into this. You know, they have no record of pulpit rock being... Um, critical to that culture there's one mention uh in in some website somewhere of uh a native american upstate saying oh yeah i know pulpit rock i i shot from it i shot deer from the top of it and that's it that doesn't in fact if a native american were to say well i know of it and this is the extent of the uh import it's a great uh deer blind you know for right. for deer season um, that would certainly speak to the fact that it has no other import for these proud peoples. But then when you look at the source for this, it says source unknown. And this, to me, exemplifies the arguments of your opponents. They're, they're sort of like the monkey wrench gang showing up at the wrong address. I mean, they, it's faux environmentalism. Well, when, when the, the founder of the society and administrator of society himself says wink wink would be a good idea to to find an endangered species yeah and, and that's verbatim that that's the word for word what the oh, yeah. guys uh, wrote uh, would be a good idea or if the very same person says well if you would like us to formulate a letter for you please we will help that just shows the the motivation of uh, what these people are motivated by and at the time of that little yeah facebook back and forth with that organization's founder somebody said to him hey you know it would be great if you guys suddenly found some endangered species or put them there and he said oh that would be a good idea wink wink the founder of the organization said that that's about the same time they were reaching out to me too and honestly i felt a little offended i'm not some kind of eco hooker like steve gross you know, I'm, I'm an I think there's a better scientist. term for that. I think uh, there's a better term for eco-hooker. Bios, uh, biostitute. Biostitute. Sure, biostitute. <laughs> See, I, I didn't quite uh, understood. I have to look it up. And which, uh, for those uh, listeners who are not familiar, that uh, <laughs> biology prostitute. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, it's... So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get, get you a T-shirt. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I can tell you exactly where to bring it on Colonial sure. Avenue. <laughs> But, you know, you get these guys, so people presumed I'm one of those, and they're going to, they've already, I'm sure, approached some of our uh, local native, you know, tribes uh, with the same intent. Hey, maybe we can get these guys to sign on. And they're going to find the same dead end how they do, find how with How do you me. approach it's, them? Um, there's a big rock in my town. Do you pray on that rock? Isn't that really racist, the fact that people think that, I think it's racist, yeah. yeah it's extremely racist. The pure suggestion that uh, this proud nation uh, worshipped every pebble under the sun. And now that you said that foliage is down, anybody who would care to look left and right just driving by West Street can see how many, how many of those uh, formations, those boulders are uh, in a very close vicinity. Absolutely. And the only difference, once again, I'm coming back to that plan to uh, preserve it for public use. The only difference, it's somebody else's backyard. And nobody's allowed to in. in. 
unlike if we, that becomes a hotel, then that's a public use property, then everybody can come in and if somebody wants to pray on it, please do. If somebody wants just to, artist want to paint it, please do. If you just want to just sit on it and meditate. You know, there's so many uh, uses and, and this is the only way, once again, I, I cannot reiterate it enough, that's the only way to preserve it for public usage. Well, and also, Stephen, you've said time and again, uh, it's a cool rock. You find it to be cool. That's why you like the property. You're very interested in preserving it. You're very interested in sort of showing it off. You know, look at this beautiful uh, rock. I have yep. to say, this has been a great marketing campaign for the rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I would like to end on that uh, very note. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I would like maybe somebody start calling in. And we'll see you next week. 